This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Welcome to the In Focus podcast. My name is Jayan Shriram and I'm your host for today. In this episode, we're discussing fire safety rules in public buildings, including hospitals. Over the past few weeks, there have been deadly fires in hospital buildings, including those treating COVID-19 patients, compounding what is already a severe crisis that the country is facing. The most recent incident was today, May 1st, when 18 COVID-19 patients died as a fire broke out in a hospital in Baruch in Gujarat. A spate of recent hospital fires have also been reported from Maharashtra, at Virar, a suburb of Mumbai, and Mumbra near Thane, and earlier in the year also at Nagpur. Fires breaking out in buildings, big and small across India, is not a new phenomenon. The National Crime Records Bureau says that 330 people died in commercial building fires in 2019, while fatalities for residential or dwelling buildings were much higher at 6,329. Electrical faults are cited as the leading cause of fires, but state governments are also widely criticized for being lax with building safety laws and for failing to equip public buildings with modern technology. We have been doing some research here at the Hindu on the laws and regulations regarding fire safety and how much or how little various state governments comply with them. And so in this episode, we try and answer the question could these incidents have been avoided these recent incidents with better compliance of the laws and what can be done in the future to prevent them i'm joined by the hindus senior associate editor g anandakrishna so welcome to the podcast thank you for joining us today thank you jan you know over the past month there have been several tragic fires the most recent report today is that 18 people have died in baruch in gujarat in a hospital fire once again the majority being covid 19 patients you know the the big question i guess is uh, could these recent incidents in hospitals have been avoided um are there existing laws to kind of deal with you know fire safety measures and compliance so jent uh, it's been a very difficult season so ever since we got covid uh we've been having a spate of fires it's not that fires are entirely new or you know post covid phenomenon that is from 2020 they have been around uh, you know even in the past and they happen not just in hospitals but also in uh, other public buildings and uh, but then hospitals are a particular and peculiar category because uh, it's a place a hospital is a place where you have a patient who's often immobilized and uh, many of the fires are uh, in icus so the patients there are simply not in a position to even respond to uh, an emergency like that so they have to be evacuated so a hospital is a very peculiar case and uh, therefore uh, we do have to look at uh, you know all the possible uh, ways of avoiding a hospital fire uh, at the same time we have to realize that the hospital also has higher risks because of the kind of equipment that they operate and the environment which you know i'll be glad to explain a bit later so you are right that you know today we have had this uh, you know distressing fire in baruch where uh, at the moment i think 18 people have died and then there's been a spate of fires in uh, maharashtra 
uh, state which is particularly hit over uh, the past year and uh, you know more recently this year uh, so uh, you have had fires in uh, virar mumbai and in uh, mumbra near thane where a total of 19 people have died so uh, basically many of these hospitals have been i mean caring for covid 19 patients uh, there have been fires last year in uh, you know other parts like andhra pradesh for instance uh, impromptu facilities for uh, covid patients and so on so the you 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 asked whether uh, you know we can uh, actually engineer uh, you know using regulations uh, safety into uh, hospitals the answer to that would be yes uh, theoretically we can uh, bring in uh, you know re- use regulation to uh, use materials uh, which are fire resistant and design hospitals in a manner in which even if there is a fire it can be controlled and the patients can be evacuated without any serious uh, sort of loss either to life or uh, you know uh, injuries and so on but uh, i mean we can go into it in detail we basically we what, what tools we have are the national building code which uh, stipulates the kind of buildings that exist uh, ranging from the residential to the hazardous and the hospitals uh, come in between as you know institutional buildings and uh, there uh, you know what kind of uh, safety measures need to be introduced uh, is what the national building code stipulates now whether the code is uh, accepted uniformly by all the states that's an open question because many of the states uh, you know they do say that uh, they want to have the code but uh, in practice it is not you know um, a compulsion on somebody who's putting up a structure to meet the letter and spirit of the code so uh, i think that's that's one part the regulation part of why these fires happen but uh, there is also uh, you know some literature which uh, you know uh, people have researchers have pointed out saying that a hospital environment is more vulnerable simply because it also has uh, more of oxygen for instance uh, used in the icu so it builds an environment in which fire is a big risk so uh, we can explain some of these things later so broadly yes regulation can help and uh, hospitals are at a higher risk therefore state governments have to focus on using regulation to reduce the risk of fire right so just to kind of go back to a couple of things you mentioned the national building code and you also mentioned that compliance has been an issue because um, not all state governments kind of enforce yeah. it or um, there's also an acceptance issue i think so um you know how old is this uh, code i mean do we have any information on when it was introduced under which kind of you know ministry or directorate does this come under so the national building code has provisions from bureau of indian standards and uh, it has uh, uh, a very exhaustive list of uh, you know norms both in terms of design as well as materials so part 4 of the code uh, it actually uh, you asked about the vintage so we have the code from 2005 and uh, you know it's been updated there's a you know there's a, right. an update in 2016 so uh, the thing is that part 4 of the code deals with fire and life safety now the specifications uh, are contained uh, in this particular part of the code on uh, you know how to reduce the threat of destructive fires now if you if you look at the buildings themselves as they are classified there are residential buildings educational buildings institutional buildings you know then buildings like cinemas and auditoria which are classified as assembly in business mercantile industrial storage and hazardous so for each of these things there are requirements which uh, you know differ from uh, others 
uh, obviously, uh, you know, something which is residential, uh, you know, may not be the same as which is storage and hazardous. So therefore, the code is also equally uh, detailed. Now, the important part uh, to note here is that uh, the Union Home Ministry, which is basically uh, responsible for ensuring public safety, it says that, you know, it has uh, this Directorate General of Fire Services, Civil Defense and Home Guards. But the, the, the department says that the NBC, the code, uh, is basically a recommendation. So uh, if it is a recommendation, then, uh, you know, obviously uh, it's up to the state government to decide how much of it it wants to make uh, a mandatory kind of requirement. So Maharashtra, incidentally, does say that it should be incorporated mandatorily. But uh, in practice, as we have seen, it, uh, you know, it doesn't, uh, you know, get translated into actual features inside the, uh, you know, hospitals. And let us face the fact uh, that in India, you have hospitals which are, uh, you know, not designed with that in mind. Now, for instance, the, there is this hospital that we spoke about in, uh, in Bombay, in Bandu, which uh, basically, uh, you know, is a part of a mall which is converted into a hospital. I mean, that's what we have read. So if that is the case, then, uh, you know, you, you can't retrofit every aspect of uh, these things into, uh, you know, what the code contains. So this code is pretty ancient in that sense, but it's just that even uh, we don't have a sort of audit. Every time a fire happens, we get to hear that, uh, you know, the courts and the government, everybody wants an audit, but whether these audits are actually uh, executed and is there any kind of comprehensive report by every state that the fire officers have actually gone into each and every such building and, uh, you know, where there's higher risk, let's say hospitals, for example, and put out the uh, findings. We don't have that in the public domain, at least. So it, it's a complicated uh, scenario. And uh, every year there are so many fires and so many lives are lost. And yet we don't seem to be making progress in spite of the fact that the code has been around for, uh, let's say, you know, let's say 15 years. Yeah. Right. And uh, just does the code only specify uh, building materials that would ensure safety or does it have, you know, does it have other provisions, for instance, like location of buildings and, you know, how they should be spaced out, etc.? Primarily, uh, the safety uh, in Chapter 4 is, uh, you know, on um, reading of that chapter, it talks about, uh, you know, primarily design and materials as I can see it. Because uh, it is a fire department which uh, is also interested to see that they are able to operate when they have a contingency. They are able to go in and you know they have enough access. What kind of access is available? So there, uh, if you see the the uh, materials, for instance, fireproof materials. What kind of materials should be used in the construction of uh, these buildings? And uh, you know, for every level of uh, construction, you know, in the sense that is it a small? hospital or is it a big hospital and uh, you, you know does it have uh, high, higher floors and uh, does it have false ceilings so every single aspect of these things is dealt with and uh, the automation that is possible in reducing the fire risk is also something that the code goes into in a fair amount of detail as i could see it for instance it talks about uh, you know warning systems automatic warning systems and alarms then it talks about uh, sprinkling systems, you know, water sprinklers, misters, and so on. And uh, we've already had this for a pretty long time that uh, if you are a planned structure which is open to the public, then you should have what is known in that uh, particular parlance as a downcomer. So you have a water tank on top of the building, which is, uh, you know, 
kept ready for uh, the instance of fire and then you have pipelines going around the through the building you know in various parts which can be used to fight a fire and the other part of it is a dry riser in which the pipelines are kept intact throughout the building and the fire service brings in the tanker from the bottom connects it to this uh, you know the pipeline system and then fights the fire so th these are all detailed in good measure in the code and the fire service is supposed to ensure before giving an noc to the structure to function uh, that these are actually in place and uh, from their own you know professional perspective because they ultimately would uh, face the risk of a big fire so they have to ensure that these right. things are in place but then whether it happens in practice uh, th there is a considerable uh, you know disenchantment uh, even within the system for instance in maharashtra we have uh, you know somebody who was in the system about 4 or 5 years ago uh, chief of that fire system who said that uh, there needs to be a different kind of audit mechanism which enables uh, you know third parties to actually come and see whether uh, it has been properly audited and uh, for you know equipped for uh, this and uh, the answer is that you know it, it hasn't happened and as we discussed earlier uh, many of these hospitals nursing homes etc are actually uh, set up in buildings which were not designed for this kind of a use so i think uh, you know this whole thing the, the courts have to go into it and then if if required some of these have to be shut down and then you know you have to use both the regulation and the engineering to bring about fire safety in these uh, you know this thing uh, hospitals now the other point is about uh, you know hospitals as a peculiar case as we were mentioning there is uh, there is a study by uh, you know faculty of uh, iit uh, which actually talks about why hospitals are at higher risk uh, because and particularly the icus what they they have found is that uh, uh, the oxygen suffusion levels in icus is fairly high and okay. uh, it takes a very it takes very little uh, you know sort of provocation for that to turn into a blaze and there are uh, you know design problems in the way that even icus are you know built that electrical equipment which make uh, which are used for the functioning of uh, you know very different uh, equipment like air conditioners like oxygen concentrators things like that which uh, the the switching systems are also located within the same room so basically that's a fire hazard and uh, it, 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 according to this piece of research which is uh, actually published in a journal uh, they say that uh, this is one of the reasons why icu fires are fairly common and i would imagine that uh, you know anybody who is interested in tackling hospital fires should actually go into uh, this aspect go into the research look at all the detailed recommendations that they have made you know this is uh, i can i can actually mention this professor kanchan choudhury who's a head of uh, cryogenic engineering center at the point that this research was done at iit kharagpur he has uh, he and his colleagues have written about it in the journal of clinical anesthesia uh, about like some 6 or 7 years ago 2014 i think so when uh, you look at right. that you understand that uh, you know there is a very very pointed reference to why icus may be more at risk so this is something that uh, you know anybody who is interested in tackling hospital fires should be able to go into it right um so just kind yeah. of one follow up there um we did kind of mention this aspect of the fire department having to give um an noc a no objection certificate um so is that something that all states require and the second thing is that you know is, does the fire department also do routine inspections of buildings 
Yeah. So most of the states, I think I would imagine every state requires an NOC uh, for a building to function. Now, uh, I looked at, uh, you know, for uh, my own understanding, I looked at uh, the NOCs, uh, you know, which some states like Kerala, for instance, or Tamil Nadu, they give. And I look at uh, the, the, these these NOCs. What I found is that uh, they have, uh, like Kerala has a very detailed uh, kind of uh, requirement that any building promoter has to submit and the architect has to certify. Now, there they mention uh, various aspects of uh, the building, including the approach and then the kind of space around and, you know, the materials used, etc. from their own perspective of firefighting. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they say that any, any firefighting system that you put in there should meet Indian standards, which is by which they mean Bureau of Indian Standards, so which is welcome. But uh, I could not locate in that form, which the uh, government uses, the fire service, uh, you know, any reference to meeting the provisions of the National Building Code, that the structure should meet the recommendations of the National Building Code. So probably this is felt uh, to be uh, too, uh, you know, sort of rigorous. And actually we have seen in Maharashtra, I have come across this literature, which says that some of the other buildings, not hospitals, but some of the others, which are, uh, you know, sort of medium industry uh, kind of buildings, they have appealed to the government that it is too rigorous to have to meet, uh, you know, the stipulations of, uh, you know, fire protection. So could you sort of uh, relax okay. those? And uh, the government actually has considered considered that favorably. It is there in the public domain, that, that information. So basically, governments are, uh, you know, when it comes to fire, which is an absolute hazard, uh, the governments uh, sometimes cut corners. And uh, in the case of uh, hospitals, what we find is that there are thousands and thousands of hospitals in every state and the fire service is not inclined or in a position to actually do its own inspection of these facilities every year. They just don't have the manpower and certify it. So uh, what we are looking at is basically just, right. uh, you know, self-certification and the submission of forms and uh, making it important that there should be a review of this mechanism so that somebody else is given the task of looking at this. So uh, basically, this is what uh, we see uh, in terms of uh, the fire service approach to this. They are the people to handle it, but they are unable to, uh, you know, do that because of uh, their, you know, uh, manpower constraints. Uh, and uh, the fact that the law itself does not require, you know, very high standard to be met in order for the NOC to be given. Right. No, that is a very uh, varying situation that, uh, that you've outlined. So just one Final question, you know, anytime we have a situation like this, by which I mean, we have the, we have codes or standards that are recommendatory or they're not followed in some cases. Uh, there are two ways in which we kind of get to hear about it, uh, you know, in public discourse. One would be if it comes up in parliament, as I'm sure this issue has. And the second is if, the, if, a, if a high court or a Supreme Court has kind of directed any kind of review about this. So have either of those two situations happened? I think uh, from whatever I have seen uh, in recent times, more than uh, parliamentary review or uh, you know legislative approaches, it is the courts which every time uh, have reacted to a fire and said that uh, you know there should be a fresh audit, which is uh, very welcome. I mean, it's uh, it's a direction that the fire service has to comply with, but the court uh, you know I didn't find in any of these orders in recent times. Uh, that, uh, you know, they have asked the, including the Supreme Court, they have, uh, they have actually gone into it, that the courts have actually asked that these reports should be published so that people are able to see it for themselves, what has been done to meet the requirements. So that I did not come across. I mean, if it's there in the order, you know, that would be welcome. 
but it's not evident and nobody has spoken about that but uh, i'd also like to bring in another possibility here that uh, you know might improve the situation which is uh, a change in the law for instance if uh, fire noc is being given they might as well ask the uh, promoter of that building to take out insurance a liability insurance particularly if it's a public building so if they do that the uh, advantage would be that the insurer would then re require the uh, person who is uh, promoting to ensure that there are standard firefighting systems in place there are alarms in place because of the risk involved and his own uh, you know sort of commitment to meet that risk so i think that is uh, you know it's a sure way of ensuring that uh, there is a third party oversight into this whole thing and uh, i think the sooner that that gets done the better because we, we haven't come across uh, you know uh, documentation even visible documentation when you go to a government office let's say when you go to a bank or when you go to any other government office uh, you don't come across uh, certifications there which say that we meet certain norms of fire safety and uh, you know there there should be obvious uh, you know uh, labeling and uh, directions which point out that actually there are systems in place here you know for fire evacuation and so on so these these have to be uh, institutionalized so uh, the uh, i i think this is a ongoing challenge and every year uh, you know we have come across many of these deadly fires the uh, the sooner that uh, we in the media as well as uh, you know civil society and the judiciary focus on actually coming up with identifiable you know discrete uh, firefighting uh, measures that are made public at the premises itself and documented for each of these public buildings then uh, you know then th that would be the kind of long term uh, solution to this problem it would help uh, you know people assess whether a you know building is safe or not and then later on there can be a fixing of accountability about whether the people who actually inspected it did so uh, sincerely and uh, you know met their public liability so i would imagine that would be a way to go um so right we'll wrap up this conversation here for now um you have an article about this which will come out in the paper tomorrow we will add a link to this we will add a link to that article with this podcast later and also um this is an issue that deserves a lot of attention a lot of attention to detail and um along with this podcast we'll also try and add some uh, reading material for our listeners who are interested in following up on some of the points that we've made uh, today uh, thank you so much uh, sir for joining us on the podcast today and for making time thank you for having me yeah. in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.